Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Elkshade Podcast with me, Dan the Fitness Man, your host, Welcome to season five. Here we go. This podcast is brought to you by discipline, delayed gratification, and being accountable to yourself. This podcast is about finding the high road, working hard every day, creating the best possible version of yourself. Our values are faith, family, fitness, finances, elk hunting, and career. Our guiding principles are authenticity, transparency, and out hustling the competition. Our podcast is brought to you by Buck Knives, Onyx Hunt, Vortex Optics, Wilderness Athlete, Black Rifle Coffee Company, Crispy USA, Matthews Archery, Kufaru International, and BlackOvis.com. Elk Shape Podcast with me, Dan the Fitness Man. What's up, y'all? Today, we're going to sit down with Sean Greathouse. He is one of the owners of Hamsky Archery. And these guys are out of Colorado and they happen to make an arrow rest that I use exclusively and I'm not paid to do that. I just, man, the thing is bulletproof. And Sean's a great archer first and foremost, and he competes. And we're going to talk to him today about not only competition when it comes to archery and, and target archery world, but how that blends into bow hunting specifically calming the nerves when an arrow can cost you $20,000 or that one shot opportunity on an elk standing there broadside. So it's going to be a fun listen. We will learn a little bit about Hamski along the way as well. This guy is solid knowledge bomb dropper. Without further ado, Sean Greyhouse, Hamski Archery, and you're listening to the Elk Shea Podcast. Can you hear me? Gotcha. What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm good, man. What's going on? Not too much. Just uh, had some meetings down here at Hamsky, so I thought I'd come into our little our little video room here and get away and and uh, do the podcast. Yeah, that's a pro setup right there, man. Yeah. Are you uh, are your bags packed, ready to go to the next tournament? Uh, not yet. I've got. Uh, I leave uh, tomorrow night to Nelsonville, Ohio. So we'll. Uh, I've got the bows out. I've been shooting them a bunch every day and, and, uh, still got to get, still got to get stuff packed though, but I can pack pretty quick. Is this an ASA? Uh, this is an IBO. So okay. yeah, this is the third leg of the national triple crown. And then, uh, I've got an ASA coming up at the end of the month, the, the classic. So, yeah. So on the third leg of a IBO triple crown, do they wipe the scores or do they combine all three scores from the three tournaments? They combine all. I haven't. I didn't shoot it in the others uh, this okay. year. I just turned fifty in February, and uh, so um, I thought, you know, next year I'm going to shoot all the IBOs and all the ASAs. So I figured I better go to one and just kind of acclimate a little to it. 
So I used to shoot them years ago, but you know how it is traveling to all of them. It's expensive and we don't, Hamsky doesn't have a booth at any of the IBOs. So, um, I just, I've been going to the ASAs where we always have a booth and stuff. So what's the differences between, for those listening between ASA scoring and IBO? I kind of like IBO, but that's just me. Um, IBO you're aiming at uh, center 11. So the, the ring inside the 10 ring that's in the middle is an actual 11 ring. And um, it takes some of the strategy out of it. Whereas at the ASAs you're aiming at either the low uh, 12 ring or the upper 12 ring. If you, if you, aim at the upper 12 ring, you have to call it. So, um, and there's a little bit more strategy involved because if, uh, especially those of us that are judging uh, target distances, if you misjudge the distance, you're more prone to fall into the eight or rise up into the eight, depending on which 12 ring you're, you're aiming at. So uh, it's, you have to have a little bit better game plan. I, I guess I'd say it that way. Whereas the IBO, you're just holding aim in center 10 and, uh, the bad thing about the IBO is if you, uh, shoot an eight or worse yet, even a five, it's a lot harder to make it up because you're only picking up one point at a time on those 11s. So, yeah, that's definitely a game changer. Uh, a five could, could almost kill your chances, but an eight still you're in a whole deficit. I lo- yeah, I've always just dug the, uh, IBO scoring, um, Probably just because those 12, especially the high 12, just scares the crap out of me. Yeah, I'm not used to aiming at the uppers either. Uh, You know, uh, guys that have been around the game a while, we didn't used to have the upper 12s. That's relatively new. That's been in the last, I don't know, seven, eight years. And um, so we're used to aiming at those lower 12s. And it's a a whole different uh, game plan or strategy to... Uh, aim at the uppers. I'm just so used to aiming at the lowers and knowing where the lowers are that um, occasionally, you know, I'll have to aim at one because the lower is filled up or um, there's, there's different reasons to aim at them, but um, it's, it's a lot, it's different. Do you think the IBO, do, do they have similar, is it all like Reinhardt targets or is it, you don't know what kind of targets it is or is it pretty standardized? Uh, it is, it is a, uh, Reinhardt targets at the uh, IBOs, um, and that's the other thing. Judging these targets, um, you know, if you're going to judge the or, or play that game, um, myself coming from Colorado, we don't have any of the same type of terrain really to look at targets in, and so you know, really I'm looking at the targets and the silhouette sizes and the detail on the targets. And, and that's really how I judge these targets. Um, and I don't have a Reinhardt, uh, I don't have any of the Reinhardt targets or a couple of our local clubs do. Um, but I'm, I'll be a little bit at a disadvantage there just because I haven't looked at those targets, uh, enough to really acclimate to, you know, what they look like at different distances. Um, but then even with the ASA, I do have, uh, the Delta McKenzie targets that we shoot at the ASAs and, but I'm judging them in an open field, you know, the sun's on them, you you know, you can see the detail well. And when you go to these tournaments back, you know, in the Southeast, you're in canopies, um, tree canopies where, you know, you don't, the target doesn't look the same because it's shaded or, you know, it's dark or, or, or whatever. So, it's uh, it's a, uh, it's kind of fun. No, I, that's cool, man. I, I I dig that you guys do these tournaments and and actually get out there and compete. IBO's really cool. Is it twenty five targets a day or what's your, how does that work? Uh, the IBO it's twenty targets a day, so we'll shoot twenty on Saturday and then uh, twenty Sunday morning, and then the top five guys in the pro divisions. Will then move down, move on to a uh, a shoot down round, basically, and uh, where we'll shoot another at the IBO. It's another five targets, and you know the guy that's on top after those forty five targets is the is the champion. At the ASA, it's real similar, except for sometimes there's a sixth target, um, and that is anybody that's within ten points of the leader after the forty five targets gets a a sixth and final 
uh, arrow. So, you know, and, and at the ASAs, they've been televising them and it's kind of fun. It's uh, they kind of make a big deal of it and, and uh, everybody's trying to make the shoot off. So, yeah, I have definitely guilty of watching ASA on YouTube for sure. Uh, just cause it's such a different, I'm such a bow hunter that it's not really anything on my radar competing at archery, but I'm fascinated with these guys ice in their veins so to speak, and the amount of pressure that rides on each shot. I mean, it's so impressive and it's like, it's made for slow blinkers. People that are just, you know what I'm talking about. Just, um, people that just are chill. They don't get excited. They don't get nervous. They just stay the same. I'm very jealous of those kind of people. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, there's a, there's a few of us that that's not how we are naturally, uh, which, uh, you know, it's just like anything though. You put yourself in those situations and you practice and the more you put yourself in the situation, you know, the, the better you do next time. So now you said you were shooting bows. How do you decipher between however many bows you have set up, which one gets to go to Ohio? Well, so the, uh, the IBO is a little bit different in that there's a 300 feet per second speed limit. Uh, which at the ASAs in uh, the pro division, it's 290 feet. So that doesn't sound like much. And I know several guys do use their ASA setup uh, for the IBOs and they'll, they'll just shoot a little bit slower. Um, but in my case, I, I went ahead and set up uh, a bow that's I'm running a, around 306 feet a second. Uh, there is a 3% margin of error. So uh, since I haven't been looking at targets, um, I'm a little concerned with my distance judging and those few extra feet a second, you know, may keep me in the 10 a little bit better if I misjudge something. So, um, as long as it's, uh, the thing I'm looking for first off is obviously the group size and make sure it's grouping and, and aiming well. And if I can aim well with it and group well with it, and shoot that kind of speed. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to take that bow. That's just a little bit flatter trajectory. So I've got uh, two bows that are set up um, both right around that 306 feet per second uh, mark. I'll check them through the chronographs when I get there, just to make sure I'm, you know, if I hit, uh, if I hit 310, um, then I'd be disqualified, you know, if I was out on the course. So I'll make sure I'm under that magic number and and uh, take those two bows. And then I've got a, an ASA bow set up as well. Um, but I've been spending quite a bit of time uh, every day working on my uh, equipment, practicing. I, like I said, I do have a set of the McKinsey targets that I've been trying to look at and judge um, every, you know, every day. I'm being new into the senior class, uh, you know, it's been kind of fun to get up there and compete with some of those guys. And of course, I want to do well. So uh, it's been putting a lot of work into it no that's cool well guys we're talking sean Greyhouse of hamsky if you didn't know um sean i really want to understand the origin story of hamsky because it's i know you guys are based out of colorado and i just remember when you guys came on the scene kind of out of nowhere and it's been really cool from afar to watch you guys grow and and be where you're at and who knows where the future holds for you guys so yeah so hamsky uh was formed Back officially in 2009, um, it kind of came to be, you know, again, tournament archery uh, is what I do when I'm not bow hunting. And it's, you know, a lot of us will go out and shoot 3D shoots and stuff to kind of stay in tune for the um, hunting season. And, and uh, I really, I'm a competitive person. I love playing board games and trying to win and strategy games. And, and so 3D archery was just another strategy game uh for me and uh i got to where i was going to all traveling to all the asas and i was traveling with tim gillingham who's resides in provo utah and uh both of us uh both of us were um traveling together to these tournaments and uh shooting and, and really becoming good friends and uh Tim, for those of you who, who may not know Tim, Tim's uh, one of the best archers that have ever walked the earth. He's uh, very competitive at the archery. Uh, he's the shooting staff uh, manager for Gold Tip Arrows. 
Um, and with that job, he gets to travel to all the tournaments and um, shoot the, uh, you know, shoot competitively. Uh, and he wins a lot of these tournaments. And uh, I, I remember at the time he was using a uh, different limb actuated arrow rest. And he really believed that that was the best way to launch an arrow. Um, the problem was the, the arrow rest back at the time, there were a lot of failure points with them. And he was, I think he was leading a tournament then had an equipment failure with, with his arrow rest. And what ended up happening was, you know, we were, we were at the hotel room, he was frustrated and uh, we're, you know, we're each just kind of talking about how the day went. And he, he looked over at me and he said, you know, great house, we ought to start our own arrow rest company. And uh, so at the time I was kind of burned out with, uh, you know, what I was doing for work. And I looked at him, I said, let's do it. And he looked back at me and, and uh, he said, are you serious? I said, sure. And uh, that was all that was said that evening. So, uh, you know, time went on. We uh, had an Idaho elk hunt planned for that fall um, to go on. And we were going with uh, another one of our mutual friends, and Andrew Munsell, who's one of the other co-founders of Hamsky. And uh, so we're, we travel up to Idaho. We're um, hunting elk. And when Tim and I are talking about this business that we're starting, that we're going to start building uh, archery accessories. We're going to build the world's greatest arrow rest. And uh, Andrew said, you know, I'd kind of like to be a part of that. Uh, and so, you know, we, we all three up there decided, yeah, let's, let's do this. And uh, so that's kind of how we came to be. And that was 2008. Um, by the time we got all our legal paperwork and our name and all those other things together, um, it was 2000 and April of 2009 is when Hamsky was officially started. And uh, so that's, that's kind of how it came to be just three guys. None of us are uh, machinists or, you know, we didn't really know how to, to draw the parts or do any of the, the day-to-day -day stuff. I, I did have a fence company, so I was familiar with running my own company, running my own business, but um, you know, that's more of a construction type trade. And this is completely different than anything along those lines. Dude. I mean, so many questions for you, but I don't want to bore listeners, but I'm fascinated with small biz, especially one that, you know, you guys are kind of, it's tough to start something obviously from nothing, but you do have this passion to improve and innovate. My question is what kind of pain in the ass has it been navigating the waters of patents and people think they, you know, have certain designs like, to me, that's always been my scariest thing with archery. Any idea I've ever had is like, man, I just don't feel like dealing with all that legal jargon and, and rules and regulations. Um, how's that been for you guys? So it's kind of interesting because, uh, you know, when we first start the, the business, um, you're a little naive to all that, the, the way the industry works. And we were no different. This podcast is brought to you by NUMA Outdoors out of Texas. NUMA has been awesome to Elk Shape. They've been very supportive. I love the rain gear. I think it's probably the quietest on the market. Huge fan of the Palisade Puffy Pursuit Pant Pathfinder Pant. They have merino wool base layers as well as synthetics. Check out NUMA Outdoors. Discount code ElkShape20. Vortex Optics out of Wisconsin. This is a veteran-owned company. This is one of my favorite partners. Been working with them since 2010. Get yourself some Vortex Optics. 10 by 42s, maybe a 65, 85 millimeter spotter. Angled, in my opinion. Check out the Rangefinder line. They got a Razor 4000, a Viper 3000. And they have all the options. They work. They stand behind their product. VIP warranty. If you break it, they'll fix it. And they're just a great company. Discount code ELK10 at eurooptic.com. When you buy anything from Vortex, take 10% off. Also, Vortex Wear, Elk Shape will get you 20% off their awesome hunting clothing lineup. Discount code ELK Shape will take 20% off Vortex Wear. That is the clothing I wear when I'm scouting, going on date night, or working out. So check that out. Vortex Optics, great partner. One of the most amazing companies and super proud to work with them. Check them out today. Onyx Hunt Elite Membership, 99 bucks, but... When you enter the discount code ElkShape, it'll take 20% off and you get the best, most reliable, been in the game, the longest hunting app map, period. We're also going to get access to Hunting Fool, Top Rut, Hunt Reminder. And now the Elk Collective Onyx is a partner of mine. They also are the headline 
sponsor of Elk Shape Camp Season 2023, Year 5, brought to you by Onyx. And we're even doing a mini camp for elite members only in Spokane, my hometown. Me and MFJJ are going to put that on. Become a member. Come to that camp or come to any camp. Trust me. Download your maps ahead of time. E-scout from a desktop. And use Onyx. It's going to elevate your game. Buck Knives. Out of Post Falls, my neighbor, I drive there to have the factory resharpen my knives prior to every elk season. I use a skinning knife. That 113 is money. I also like a deboning knife. I'm not a scalpel guy. I think those are for poking holes in bear hides, quite honestly. So check out Buck Knives. They've been in business for 100 plus years. And if you want your knife sharpened, you can send them to the factory and they'll sharpen them and send them back to you. Buck Knives, all their products are made here in the U.S. and they make things possible here at Elk Shape. Matthews Archery, Sparta, Wisconsin, continuing to lead from the front with innovation and giving guys like me who aren't the best at archery, allowing us to be pretty darn confident in the field with their equipment. Right now I'm running the V3X29 as my main hunting rig and my backup is the V3X33. Super excited to put that thing to work this fall and I hope you get a chance to check one out soon. Go to a local dealer near you. MagView. This is where you can get rid of your lousy digiscoping case. I'm not going to say other brands, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Those big bulky cases, put them away. MagView, it's all magnets. Keep the phone you have in the case that you already have or put the magnet on the back of your phone and rock and roll. And you can digiscope. It's seamless. It also provides a lens cover for your spotter and you can even attach it to your binoculars and get some really crispy aero flight footage or that big buck or bull that you want to get footage of. You can now do it in the field. So check out MagView and you can enter the discount code Elkshape. It'll save you a little bit of loot and be on your way. You know, our very first, uh, so, so this, this is going to be a little bit of a rabbit trail here to good, connect. good, good. hopefully, hopefully answer your question uh, ultimately, but um, you know, us going to these, uh, the first time we went to the ATA with our very first product, we were like kids in a candy shop, you know, for those that have never been, that's the big archery show. And, and, uh, the, we went with a third axis leveling tool. And I tell you what, that was tough because we got this new little tool. Um, most people at the time, especially had no idea what third axis was or, or any way they didn't know any thing how to how to um you know level their site properly or whatever we even dealt with the uh, uh tournament pros and stuff that have no clue on how to level their site so we're at the the show and uh trying to explain to dealers and stuff you know hey how do you how do you level your third axis and you know guys are walking by and and it, it was tough i'll just say that and uh so um, getting back to your question, as we're um, going through this process of learning how the industry works, uh, you're naive to all the patents and, and things at the time. Um, you know, we did, we were smart enough to where we filed for a patent for our uh, third access level, and we had some local uh, attorneys and stuff helping us kind of through that process. Andrew, my business partner, is uh, the guy who kind of does all the patents and um, a lot of the engineering and stuff on that side, but you know, it wasn't a problem for that first, uh, you know, getting through that first patent, there was nothing else like it. And then meanwhile, we're working on our arrow rest and we're and, and a lot of these uh, things that we're putting into the arrow rest, you know, we're, we've seen all the equipment and everything that's out there with um, you know, with, the stuff that's on the current market. And we're trying to design our product around the parts and pieces that are filling on the others. How, how can we make ours better? And what do we want to see in our own arrow rest? And um, when we would come up with something novel, you know, we would put that in the database and, and uh, you know, apply for a patent and stuff. And you know, the, the thing here more lately that we've found is I feel like I'm rambling here. Well, uh, you, you know, you're going to have to edit some of this stuff. Out. Nah, you're good. I, I think really, truly, like I ultimately want to discuss bulletproofing an arrow rest f against failure. Like, so my biggest takeaway from since I've switched to Hamski rest was, dude, I'm hard on stuff. And, and I, I suck at bow hunting so much so that if I do everything absolutely perfect, which I rarely do, I might get that one shot opportunity. And the last damn thing I want is an arrow rest failure. And I have met 
human beings in the elk woods who just missed an elk and they're running some sort of cable driven arrow rest and something stretched, whether it be the heat or the wax or the, I don't know what happened, but dude, we as bow hunters are constantly trying to mitigate Murphy's law. And so ultimately I'm trying to figure out what is the fairy dust you're putting in your rest, man, to make them so bulletproof? Yeah. Well, again, as I was saying, you know, we tried to design our arrow rest around the failure points of others. And, and with that, as tournament archers, you know, you're shooting, you know, one arrow could be $20,000, you know, if, if you have one little thing go wrong or through, and that's through the course of the weekend, you've got to have something that's reliable, consistent, you know, it can't have any uh, play or wiggle in the, in the shaft of the rest. It's got to be perfect. You know, you, it's got, everything's got to be repeatable. And uh, historically, you see guys shooting a fixed blade rest for target archery. So for us to show people the benefits of a limb actuated rest, I always say with a limb actuated arrow rest, you get fixed blade steering, but you get fall away clearance. There were, there's been a lot of folks that have been really apprehensive to change from a target style launcher because a target style blade doesn't have any moving parts with with our wrist we have moving parts but we've made it as bulletproof as we can and so that's just been a lot of us uh, sitting down together um, going hey wouldn't it be cool if it could do this well how do we make it do this and you know not come apart kind of thing and so um, that's kind of what we built our company around was um, building better products that um, are better solutions to, you know, the current way of doing things. And uh, so we really felt like we've done that with our, our arrow rest line, our, our peep line, kind of the same, same thing goes into our uh, peeps. Um, and, but navigating the patent field as we've gotten bigger has become a lot harder to do. Uh, you know, there's some other bigger companies out there that we're kind of starting to get in their sandbox a little bit with, regards to um you know just our growth our size we're starting to take market share and and uh you know those other companies you know they've got some patents and you've got to be very careful uh us as hamsky we want to be good stewards of the industry and if there's uh something that we feel that is you know we're stepping on somebody else's patent we're not going to do that that's not how we we operate um, and you know, we hope we would hope that others would be the same way. Yeah. That's always my, the one thing I was wondering, not the sexiest question, but you know, kids listening, man, like this is business. This is people's livelihood and you don't mess around with patents. And yeah, if you get in someone's sandbox, you can't start capturing market share. Um, you're going to annoy your competition, but competition brings out the best or worst in everybody. I think you guys have done a bang up job. Um, yeah, we should probably just briefly go over your products I am um, that you have on the market right now. Like you have your Hamski, you got your Raptor Peep, um, you have your second gen third axis tool, which has been huge for me. I love that device. And then obviously the Epsilon, that's Matthew's approved is what I'm running this year for my rest. Um, but you guys have, uh, I think it's called the primer, which is a, a great option. Honestly, f probably your best dollar for dollar arrow rest on the market, in my opinion. Um, and then the tried and true for me is the Trinity, but, um, let's break those down for those listening. Cause I think it's important. Wilderness Athlete Discount Code Elkshape 2022 takes 30% off your first purchase. Get a bundle of Hydrate Recover Energy and Focus. The greens, you got to have those greens. You're not eating enough vegetables unless you're eating 10 salads a day. Backfill with a good multivitamin, some fish oil. Check out their entire lineup of meal replacements, protein powders, all in the name of Better Elk Hunting. This is not a marketing company. This is an actual supplement company. Quality brand. I've been with them since 2006. Great company. I stand behind them. I want you to as well. Spy Point's got that new Flex Trail Camera, man. Dual SIM. You can get transmissions regardless of 
of the cell phone provider in your area. If it's AT&T or Verizon Tower, doesn't matter. It's going to send it to you. And the transmission plans are just that. It's all included. You don't have to have a cell phone or a monthly fee. You just download the SpyPoint app and start getting your images. They also have a bunch of affordable trail cameras that are not cellular. So where legal, utilize the app, pair it with their trail cameras, and you are good to go. I love trail cameras. They give me all the little information I'm looking for on animal behavior, animal densities, inventory on big bucks, big bulls, how many predators are in the area, and hopefully some sort of pattern that I can take advantage of as a bow hunter. Check out Spy Point today. Kifar International, I'm a hoodlum through and through kind of guy for elk season, but I do have the hellbender. Love that for throwing trail cameras in or packing out elk. I keep the hellbender at the truck for when I hopefully I get a big bull down. I can go pack it out with that. I can pack and will pack an elk out with the hoodlum. They also have an awesome lineup. The checkpoint bag is my laptop bag where I put all my camera gear when I travel. And they also have stuff for you whitetail guys like the Shape Charge. Check out Kifar International. They're a huge partner of Elk Shapes and they've supported us for several years. And I still think they make the best frame in the entire universe. Crispy boots, crispy hunting, crispy USA. Everything starts from the ground up. So pair your crispies with some sheep feet. I have a discount code Elkshape takes 10% off sheep feet. Crispy boots, buy them at Black Ovis or anything else. Discount code Elkshape takes 10% off. I am rocking the Laponia 2 and the new Colorados. And those are my one-two punch for elk hunting. Baku e-bikes made for hunters by hunters. Discount code Elkshape takes $300 off your first bike. Take that money and buy yourself a backup battery or a trailer so you can haul that precious elk meat out. Baku e-bikes out of Utah. Black Rifle Coffee company. Coffee is life. I'm drinking coffee right now as I record this. Elk Shape is the discount code 15% off the coffee club of the month. So you pick which coffee arrives to your doorstep and you decide how much coffee arrives to your doorstep. And you can also use that discount code if you want to pick up some BRCC swag, a coffee mug, or bags of coffee for presents, whatever. It's a one-time use. Discount code Elk Shape, 15% off. Smokewood, fatty meat sticks. We are adding these to our arsenal of elk hunting. This is the most delicious meat stick in the entire world. My buddy Ryan, he founded Under Armour with the boys back in the day. He started this company. He wanted to make something that was sourced locally. So grass-fed beef, raised without antibiotics, no sugar, gluten-free, no nitrates added, no MSG added, like super clean, pure protein. I usually pack three or four sticks in my hunting pack. It's 20 grams per. It tastes awesome. It's Sweetwood Smokehouse Fatty. Check out the 3.0s. That's what we're rocking. Link in the show notes will get you a discount 10% off your online purchase. Fatty meat sticks, they're awesome. Let's see. What, why don't I start with our, um, I'll call it our elegant price point, and that's the uh, the primer. Um, our primer arrow rest has all of the core attributes that all of our other rests have, but without as many options. Um, and so what I mean by that is, would I be afraid to shoot it or use it on a hunting trip? Absolutely not. I would use any of our products, but it doesn't have as many bells and whistles. I'll, I'll say it that way. It still has the zero tolerance technology. So there's no play in the um, launcher. You know, it's, it's very repeatable. It's got an octagon shaped uh, shaft with a lever arm. So the lever arm can't slip around the shaft, um, but you can't uh, it does not come with microtune, um, you know, so that's a little bit helps the price point a little bit. Um, you can't adjust the launcher angle, some of the other things that some of our other rests can do. So um, that's why we call it our uh, more elegant. It's a little bit doesn't have as many bells and whistles on it. The shaft is a little bit smaller, um, so it's probably not as robust as some of the other arrow rests. Um, you know, if you were to drop it out of a tree stand or something you know, you probably, it's possible you could break this shaft on it. Um, some of our kind of moving up into our hybrid um, target. Well, we have a hybrid target and a hybrid hunter uh, rest. And that is um, a step up from the primer. It's a little bit heavier uh, shaft on it. It's got, it's a two bearing design. Uh, so the shaft is cantilevered out. Um, it, it's not as the shaft isn't as protected as some of our other lines that I'll talk about here in a little bit, but with the hybrid series, you can, um, adjust it, it does come with an option for microtune. We have standard and microtune available. You can adjust the pitch of the launcher. You can adjust the spring tension. So, you know, what that means is if you've got a, um, you know, lighter target arrow and that you want to shoot for 3D season, but then you're going to go on a, you know, Asiatic water buffalo hunt and need a super heavy arrow. Well, you want to make sure your arrow rest can lift that arrow up. Um, the spring tension can lift it up. And so you can adjust it, uh, that particular rest uh, to do that. So that's kind of our um, mid price point type line. And then moving on up from that, we have what you call the tried and true trinity. 
Um, and the nice thing about the Trinity is it's a three bearing design, um, which means uh, we've got the end of our shaft captured with an extra third bearing, um, which kind of protects the shaft. You know, if you were to drop that out of a tree stand or take a digger when you're back in the elk woods or whatever, it happens. Um, <laughs> you, you know, that's more protected. Uh, we've actually had guys um, back over their bows with their vehicle, you know, where they've leaned it up against the tire and forgot about it. Oh yeah. Back, done that. Run right over the rest and our rest still operate uh, fluidly and seamlessly. Uh, so it's a very durable design. It has all the adjustments, um, you know, this in terms of the spring tension, the launcher angle um, it's got zero tolerance technology. So there's absolutely zero play in the, uh, in the rest. So that's kind of our, uh, our, our higher price point uh, line and then new this year is our Epsilon. And what's unique about the Epsilon is it has all of the same attributes as our Trinity uh, in terms of three bearing design, but we have added what we call our core uh, technology and core stands for center shot optimized rest. And um, what that essentially does is uh, it allows that rest to sit um, in line behind the riser. Uh, but what's unique about it is, um, let me see if I can do a good way of explaining this. With the current arrow rests on the market, by and large, you, you have different manufacturers that have different width of risers, and they vary from a half inch up to an inch of thickness. So with current arrow rests, you have to have a design that can allow for the extra windage left, right center shot of your rest, which makes your rests um, larger uh, and, and bulkier, heavier, et cetera. With our center shot optimized technology with the Epsilon, we're indexing the uh, rest off of the inside of the riser. So now what that means is we don't have to have uh, as much windage adjustment um, because our rest is set up for a 13 16th center shot right out of the box, which is what 90% of the bow manufacturers center shot is, um, which then means you don't need as much left and right windage adjustment and you can make a smaller, more compact uh, arrow rest. Um, but what's unique with that center shot optimize um, the, the core technology is, you know, we there are certain manufacturers that are starting to drill holes in the back of their riser, which is where our we we make a small uh, Picatinny rail that mounts to the back of the riser, and those rests will clamp onto that Picatinny rail, making it a very streamlined. Um, gives you much more uh, clearance for some of these tighter quivers. You know, Matthews came out with their their really tight quiver this year. Yes. And um, current, you know, most limb actuated rests on the market, um, because of the lever arm, you weren't getting the clearance that, that needed. Well, with the new Epsilon, you get plenty of clearance for your quiver um, because it's tucked in tight behind the riser. Um, and so that's kind of our new newest, uh, has all the, you can adjust the launcher angle, has everything that the Trinity has, three bearing support, it's just more compact. And um, we currently have three different ways that you can attach those to the riser, you know, with the traditional uh, burger hole mount. Um, but we have a, what we call a universal bracket. And that universal bracket is designed to account for different riser thicknesses. So it's an adjustable bracket that our rest mounts to. And then you said you're running the, the uh, Matthews approved um, bracket, which is a really uh, it attaches to the burger hole but it's a bracket that's designed for their 20 uh, 2020 and newer model bows and it's very streamlined uh i would say elegant looking it's 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 made just for their rest so it fits like a glove and then now the newest um the core bracket or the core interface which is the uh little for lack of a better word, Picatinny rail that screws into the back of the um, riser. And you'll see uh, more and more bows are coming out with those holes for that option. Um, PSE just came out with their new Omen 
and it has the holes uh, drilled in the back of the riser for our uh, core attachment. Elk Shape Camps 2023, whether you are a brand new elk hunter, a seasoned veteran, or somebody in between who's maybe intermediate, you've had some success, but quite not the consistent success, consider coming to an Elk Shape Camp in 2023. Five locations, four three-day camps, one two-day camp. I'll break it down. Phoenix, Arizona, January 20th through the 22nd. We'll actually be at Wilderness Athlete HQ. My entire squad will be there. Stonewall, Texas, March 3rd through the 5th. That's outside of Austin. That's going to be a phenomenal camp. We did it last year. That's one of the best facilities we've ever had. It's the basically the NUMA owner lets us invade their ranch. It's a great experience for everyone. Speaking of ranches, Julian Ranch, just outside of San Diego, California, March 31st through April 2nd. Then back to Vortex Edge in Barnville, Wisconsin, April 4th through the 16th. And last but not least, we're going to do an exclusive elite member only from Onyx two-day mini camp in Green Acres, Washington. MFJJ, myself, and the boys, June 17th through the 18th. Pre-sale starts August 1st. Lock in your rate, get set up for camp, and set yourself up for future success. I hope you plan on elk hunting for the rest of your life. I know I certainly do. Early bird starts 9-1, September 1st. Regular registration starts November 1st. And for you slowpokes, late registration starts January 1st, 2023. All our camps involve you getting exposed at what you're weak at and getting a blueprint for how to mitigate that and make it a strength. Whether it's your calling, it's your fitness, it's your nutrition, it's your shot execution, it's your shot process, it's your equipment, it's your tuning, it's your e-scouting, it's your tactics. Whatever it might be, we're going to figure out a blueprint for you. Whatever's getting in the way of you finding success, we're going to help you crush, smash that learning curve and produce consistent success year in and year out. I hope to meet you and your friends at Oak Shape Camp 2023. Yeah. And, and man, I got to tread a little lightly, but I'm not very good at it. I, I definitely obviously shoot with Matthew, shoot for Matthews and um, love him to death. Got the new prototype in August and, um, you know, included in that is um, not your guys's rest. And they got this other rest that's basically made ahead of time with engineers to go right in there. And even though it's streamlined and awesome, um, I think people know, I, I just don't trust it. Uh, hunting out west for elk and the beat down I'm going to put on that bow don't trust it and I know you guys can't just maybe you can't or can but you can't just call up Mathis and be like oh hey what what y'all got cooking for 2023 we uh we want to make something super specific for that bow and uh party on Wayne that's not that's not how it's going to work so you kind of have to tread lightly um what's that like for you guys you got to like kind of give it, get on a phone conference and be like, Hey, we, we like what you're doing. Um, we're going to make something. Um, but we'll make sure this is cool. Like, how do you, I mean, right. Yes. So, so, uh, working with Matthews, um, you know, with our, with trying to go this different direction within the industry, um, you're right. You don't just call Matthews up and say, Hey guys, can you uh, drill a couple holes in the back of your riser for our new stuff that <laughs> they've got stuff. Um, there's several years ahead in terms of designs and things that they're working with their engine. You know, they've got bows that um, aren't necessarily conducive to drilling those two holes right in the back of the riser for a arrow rest. But uh, you know, with, coming out with the Epsilon, we did reach out to uh, Matthews just to see if there was a possibility of working with them. And it, you know, it was really a good thing that we did because, um, you know, we didn't know it at the time and, and customers didn't know it at the time, but, you know, they were working on their quiver and things that were much tighter to the bow. And had we gone full steam ahead, you know, we might have created another arrow rest that wouldn't have been compatible with that quiver system. And so being able to work with some of these folks in the industry, we did have some insight. You know, of course, we had to sign non-disclosure agreements and all that stuff. Um, but we were able to work with these companies and make something that was compatible, that was going to work well and, and give, you know, the consumers another option for a, another rest, you know, on the market, which is, which is nice. Cause you know, a lot of times you're kind of tied into only certain things when, when new technology is, is out. And a lot of people, like you said, that that doesn't work for some. So I think I've talked to maybe John, but I've been begging Hamsky to make a site forever just because it seems like, like the Trinity, the three bearings, like, you guys build stuff built for war. You guys literally, 
you just make stuff like for people like me who are just, you know, we're just getting after it. That's all. I've tried a couple of new sites this year and I've been really impressed, but I've still yet to this day find the site that suits my fancy for all the things I, I do and, and especially bulletproofing a site and putting all the right options and obviously making third axis adjustment, which still people don't know what is, man. Trust me, read my YouTube comments. I see all the time people like to, they like to tell us that that's not necessary, which I could completely disagree. Um, all that is to say, Sean, when y'all going to make me a site? Uh, you know, that's, that's, we get asked, asked a lot actually. And, um, I'm, I'm not going to say never. <laughs> we, uh, we're slowly building our, our team here at Hamsky. Um, the last couple of years, you know, through COVID and stuff, nobody was really sure at first what was going to happen. And it's been really good for the outdoor industry. Um, we've grown a lot in these last couple of years. We've added a lot of quality people. Um, and with that comes different growing pains. Um, something that's uh, the good that's coming out of that is we're actually putting together a team now where it's not just myself and Andrew coming up with ideas and trying to um, develop products. We actually have in-house uh, folks now. This year, we've got an intern for the very first time, which is it's been kind of fun. Um, and uh, uh, along with other folks in, inside um, that are working on new developments. Um, but that being said, there are different categories out there that we would like to get into in terms of product categories. We don't want to uh, lose traction or lose foothold in what we know and what we do well, which is our uh, arrow rests and our peep sites. Um, we do have some things that we are uh, working on that are in other lines, but until we're 100% and, and ready to make that leap and can keep up with the manufacturing of our current products and all those things, it makes absolutely no sense to, you know, wander off into the weeds into, you know, something else. So, yeah, eventually, eventually, bro. And eventually I like that you guys do things right. Uh, growing pains are awesome and I'm excited for you. I think that, uh, all in all the brand has grown because you guys have de definitely made stuff that lasts. And, uh, that's really, I think that's the point. Um, I want to pick your brain about target archery because, you are a competitor, but you're also a bow hunter, which I appreciate. Um, where are you getting dividends besides the, the, the high pressure shots, the transferability from competing at target archery to bow hunting to my listeners where they might need to consider in myself included, putting ourselves out there, shooting a winter league or hell heading to an ASA or, or an IBO and start competing and going down that rabbit hole of having a target bow and and doing that, what is that? What will that do for your bow hunting prowess? You know, I think it's um, it's just like anybody says. You you know, it kind of you go on to autopilot in certain circumstances, and I think um, target archery is no different from a pressure situation, especially if you're you know make it into one of those shoot offs or, or whatever. Um, you do things under pressure that you don't know you're, you're doing um, in terms of how you're anchoring. You know, you might be getting into your face pressure, anchor point a little bit differently. A lot of times people don't remember putting the pin on the animal. You hear that a lot, right? I they, do. They, they just, and, and so the more you put yourself in those situations, it's just going to help, you know, it, uh, muscle memory, all the other things that we talk about. Um, it's just going to, it's going to help your bow hunting. Uh, for me, um, you know, I put a lot of practice time, energy, effort, and, you know, the more you practice, the better you're going to get at it. Oh, no doubt. Um, when it comes to tinkering and working on your, like every target archer I've met, man, like they've tinkered to death with every advantage they can get. I mean, I've heard of guys floating their arrows in the old bathtub still, you know what I mean? So, that takes you to a new level of understanding comprehension of how a bow works. And obviously, you know, better than most you're making, you're creating the best rest on the market, in my opinion. Um, but what bow are you shooting? What is your, what is your target setup versus what is your bow hunting setup? 
So currently I'm shooting, I shoot for Matthews. I'm on their factory staff. And for my competition setup, I go between two models, their TRX 36 and their TRX 38 uh, G2. And um, you are right. I've tinkered and toyed and, and there, there are so many things that you can do to get a bow to aim well. It's crazy. And a lot of it has to do with how much, how much draw weight versus holding weight you have. There's a lot of things that guys used to tiller tune and do things, but where you back one, like the top limb bolt out more than the bottom limb bolt or, or different things like that. Um, but so my competition setups are between the uh, either the, the 36 or the 38, the TRX 36 or 38. And then I've been hunting with the uh, Traverse. I haven't got one of the new ones uh, to play with yet. Um, I, you know, I can, uh, I've been real happy with the Traverse and that's just what I've been running, uh, for my hunting setup. So yeah, the Traverse, man, Matthew's hit that out of the park. That's, I've, that's a resounding. Yes. Like I love the Traverse. Uh, okay. So when it comes to archery release aids, do you have a pile of them or do you kind of go back to one or two that seems to get the job done? And does that transfer to bow hunting for you as well? Yeah. So, uh, that, that could be a whole different podcast. Actually. Uh, I've got, <laughs> I've got drawers, plural drawers full of different release aids. Um, actually Hamsky used to make a couple of release aids, you know, several years ago, we've kind of uh, quit building them since, you know, there's all different kinds of, of styles, whether it's, uh, you know, wrist style, where it's um, index type finger releases or handheld releases. And then even in those, there's there, there's a ton of different ways. And um, I've been a hinge guy and a pull through a tension activated guy for many years. And here recently in the last, I don't know, uh, three, four months, I've actually switched to command style shooting. What? <laughs> Say what? So, so yes, it's uh, uh, and I've I've dealt with target panic a bunch in the past. I, I deal with target panic now. Um, we all where, do. Where you know hinges and pull through releases and stuff can help um, soothe the mind a little bit, but uh, there are other things that come with those re releases, you know, in the moments of truth or from an accuracy perspective. And, um, you know, if a, if a guy that's commanding his release or punching his release or whatever you want to call it, uh, is on, he's going to be hard to beat. Uh, ask Kyle Douglas, Kyle Douglas, Tim Gillingham. They're two yeah. of the best Mike Schlosser, you know, yep. he's those guys are the best in the world and they're consistent. And, um, so I've decided to, uh, you know, adopt that style and that's, what's been working with for me lately. It's also really good in hunting situations, you know, with wind and times where you've got to make that shot, you know, happen now, but, oh, uh, yep. there, you know, what surprises me is with archery, there's a ton of things that you can do, uh, physically, in terms of working on form and all these things, but it's archery. You, you everybody here, it, it's 90% mental. Mm -hmm. And so it's that visualization and things that um, a person needs to work on a lot that has the target panic. And I know you've done a lot of stuff with the shot IQ and the different, different things. And, and uh, uh, you know, there, I wouldn't say there's a right way or a wrong way to, fire release there's just a consistent way right i completely agree with that and you know i still have killed majority of my elk with a command release because i didn't know better i didn't start hunting with the handheld till probably th four or five years ago there are times where i you know there's no denying my second spring bear this year I shot him at eight yards i commanded the shit out of that release i mean <laughs> you know what i mean yep but um I do say like though that 60 to 40 to 60 yard range on animals is kind of my favorite for the reason. And I do like getting closer, but hear me out friends. There's something about like the mount that you can get away with at like, say 
let's just say 50 yards versus 20, where you could probably get away with pulling your bow back. You can probably get away with aiming a little longer. You can probably get away with the animal not detecting and possibly being doing their thing. And I, I seem to like the, those type of shots, which they don't always happen. I, I prefer a, like a shot IQ style of control, like staying in the moment, having a true surprise release and a clean break versus, you know, tree stand stuff, 20 yards. You don't have a lot of time to get this beautiful break. And I've talked to Joel at great length on both sides and my one thing I come back to, Sean, is that command shooters are deadly and unstoppable until they're not. And then that day does happen eventually for some guys. And that's the one thing that kind of scares me. Does that scare you? Uh, yes, it does. Um, to the point where, you know, I, my forte is kind of uh, 3D, uh, 3D archery. I, I seem to do really well in that discipline. Um I've never had a great mental game. Uh, it's that part of it's that personality that we were talking about earlier in terms of, you know, a, a chill, you know, type personally, I'm, I'm more type a, I want to make things happen. I want to control the situation. And so uh, I'm a little concerned with that particular style for indoor archery. I think, I think you could shoot, um, you know, 90% of your arrows, just perfect. But then you start thinking about that just perfect uh, round you're working on. And boy, then you you're likely to miss the whole target, you know. <laughs> so I am a little concerned with uh, indoor. I'll uh, play around with that a little bit this year and, um, you know, see see how it goes. But uh, um, I might actually change back to a hinge or pull through for indoor. But for the 3D, I, I, I think that's what's kind of fun about archery is yep. is figuring this stuff out and playing with it and i've been toggling between a couple of different uh handheld you know button style releases here lately and just when i think oh this one's the one it's it's perfect you know i'll go back to the other one and i'm like oh maybe that's the perfect one it's it's just you know when you're shooting so good and you can't hardly pick which one's best and and you're thinking man i'm this is this is nirvana this is the way uh, until it's not right. Right. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny cause, uh, Tim Gillingham, one of the co-founders at Hamsky, you know, he's like, Oh, this is my, my bow's pounding. This thing's like, it's perfect. And then two days later, he's switched something and changing something else. And it's like, well, I thought it was perfect. Well, it was at the time. Yep, exactly. And that makes me feel so much better because uh, ABT, man, I, I am a tinkerer for sure. And Tim Gillingham probably leads the league. And uh, I'm afraid to podcast with him. I just think we'd be, it'd be like a Joe Rogan four-hour podcast. So um, that's why I called you. But, dude, it's working. You just you just won. What did you just win? Well, I I, I haven't won any of the shoots this year. I did, I did make my first pro shoot down in London, Kentucky, where I – uh, came into the shoot down leading. Um, and, uh, so that was one of those, uh, that was really cool for me. It checked a lot of boxes in terms of goals and things I've been working on. Um, and in knowing that I can compete with those guys. Um, but I think I was the only guy in the shoot down. That was my first shoot down. And I think the, you know, the, the guy, there was four other guys in that shoot down and they'd all been in there, you know, dozens of times each. So, um, it was, it was uh, pretty an eye-opening experience, and once you make that, you want to uh, make it every time. You, you you get that addiction to that feeling. So, like, so seriously, you make your first shoot off. Where were you at the beginning? Like, where were you marked up at? Top five shooters. What place were you in going into the shoot off? I was in first place going into the shoot off. What was your lead? Uh, well, I had my lead was twelve ranks. I I think Tim and I were tied on score, but I had more bonus rings. Uh, so technically I was in the lead. And then from there, there was two points behind us. Uh, and then two points back from that, I think. So I think there was two of us at eight up. If I remember a couple at six up and four up, I, I can't remember exactly, but something. So it was, it was tight. And, uh, those guys that are, you know, nipping on your heels there, they're, you know, they've won so many times they, they can't count anymore. You know, I was kind of the new kid in there and, and uh, 
it's different when you're going in leading. It's kind of like an indoor round versus 3D for me. Indoor, I have the wrong mindset. And that is, you know, you're you're trying not to shoot a nine. You're trying to stay in the 10 ring or protect it. And really shooting a 10 on an indoor round is very simple. It becomes hard when you have to do it over and over and over and know you can't miss. Whereas 3D, you're bearing down on that 12, trying to crush it. You know, that's the mindset you have. And um, leading the, the, you know, being in the lead, you're trying not to lose the lead. And so you're not maybe aiming as hard, trying to crush those 12s like you would be. Yeah, for real. And, and, you know, right out of the gate, you know, I started on a long turkey, you know, Ah. and, and those guys, some of those other guys started on short. I mean, we eventually all shoot the same targets, but you're, but you're rotating through the, the five targets. Uh, and you know, right out of the gate guys were hitting 14s on one of the shorter targets and 12s on some of the longer ones. And here I'm just, you know, I showed a 10, which is par and, but you're immediately you're, you're not in the lead anymore. And that starts playing on your mind and, and changing up the, uh, you know, that, that pressure situation that I was talking about earlier, where you're maybe anchoring a little different or aiming a little differently. Um, so it's, uh, it's something that I hope to put myself in that situation more and, and, uh, eventually come away with a win. I think that's so cool to hear your perspective, making it for the first time and rubbing elbows. I mean, you're shooting it off against Tim and the hammer and, and I mean, the pressure, I mean, that is so precious for me to be able to like, for you to get that experience because it's all about bow hunting for me so that you just take that with you to the field and uh, really execute when the shot comes to be in the mountains. That's, that's what it's all about. Well, man, I know, uh, I know you're busy. I did want to just kind of finally talk to somebody from Hamski and, and who, why not you, you guys have a great team. Um, What's your plans for 23 hunting or 22? I'm sorry. I'm already a year ahead. Uh, 2022, uh, myself, Tim Gillingham and Andrew Munsell. So the three Hamsky co-founders, uh, we're headed to Alaska to hunt caribou. We're going to a two caribou unit, uh, way up North of Fairbanks, a couple hours by charter. Um, so that's, that's our big kind of our big hunt. And then, uh, I got lucky and drew a, um, I guess it was a December archery only hunt, uh, for New Mexico. So they'll be bachelored up and, uh, it's a, you know, it's gotta have six on one side. Hopefully they're not all broke up, but, uh, that was actually my third choice, uh, draw for that, but it's New Mexico and it's elk and I'm going to take it. So, Oh yeah. And it's not that far from you. You guys are in Denver, right? Uh, we're just North of Denver. Yeah. Our oh, Hamsky, where is Ham- that? Hamsky's in Frederick, Colorado, which is 30 miles north of Denver. Perfect. Yep. You got anything good coming? Oh, yeah, I know I, you're I ready to crush the elk. So. Yep. I'm lined up for elk pretty strong. Uh, I got Idaho and Montana, and um, I do have a New Mexico elk tag I drew for the first time since 2007. Which unit? I can't say on a podcast, but I'll tell you when we're done. <laughs> You can edit edit it out. (laughs) Not unit nine where I went last year. I bought a, a land under tag for unit nine last year. Don't do that. Don't do that. And people have seen the videos on YouTube. It was don't do that hunt. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm super stoked because like I said, it's been a long time and I didn't draw like the the best tag in the state. I'm, I'm definitely not in the Gila, but it doesn't matter to me. Um, New Mexico is special. They do a good job managing it, um, but it's just tough to balance those three tags, quite honestly, because um, time is, you know, limited, and yep. uh, my gas bill is going to be so high this year, and I don't care. I can't wait to go elk hunting. Yep, yep, so, that's going to be fun. Yeah, man. Well, cool. Well, good luck to you guys. I can't wait to see what you come out with next year, and um, if you guys need guinea pigs, holler at your boy. Guys, this is Sean Greathouse, Hamsky Archery. I'll leave a link in the show notes. Check them out. Uh, I'm running the Epsilon. Um, I, I love the Trinity, bro, but the Epsilon is definitely a step up, especially you Matthews owners, 2020 newer. Check it out. Separations in the preparation. We'll catch you guys on the next one. 
Alrighty, that was a fun sit-down combo with Sean. Sean, thanks so much for coming on, man. You're awesome, and best of luck to the rest of the shoots and all your hunting, including Alaska. Might have to get uh, Tim the Hammer Gillingham on here, and maybe I'll set aside four hours and pick that guy. He's a wizard. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Numa Outdoors. Use the discount code Elkshape20. We'll take 20% off. Same with Vortex Wear. Discount code Elkshape20% off. Onyx Elite Membership. Discount code Elkshape20% off. MagView. This is going to replace your phone scope, basically. I'm going to throw them under the bus. MagView. You don't have to have a special case. It's all magnets. It's clean. Um, the, the engineering behind it is amazing. Discount code Elkshape10 takes 10% off. Link in the show notes. Wilderness Athlete. Discount code for this year is Elkshape20. Two, that's elk shape 22 takes 30 percent off your first purchase so holla black rifle coffee company discount code elk shape takes 15 percent off whether it be coffee of the club shirt swag whatever you need i like coffee club of the month i get a box every month i decide when it arrives how much coffee's in it and i get to pick which coffee so check that out and there's a bunch of perks and benefits along with that membership black ovis discount code elk shape takes 10 percent off sheep feet discount code elk shape 10 percent off also, those fatty meat sticks we're taking with us elk hunting this year. I got a link in the show notes that'll take 10% off if you click that link. Guys, you got a lot of options when it comes to podcasts. Ours is all about personal development, making yourself better and leveraging elk hunting to do that. I hope that you are doing that. And if you are just getting started, stay consistent, stay on your grind. Every day's a gift. Separations and the preparation. We'll catch you on the next one.